This episode is for you, the diehard hockey fan. You know who you are just by my giving that description. And you should also know that if you don't think of yourself that way, just just hit stop right now because this won't resonate at all. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Today is the day that skates will churn into ice in Cranberry. It's just rookie camp. It's just a practice. It's not that big a deal, but it's hockey, and it's the official beginning of hockey. There's five days of rookie camp, including a day where they go up to Buffalo and participate in a prospects tournament. They'll be facing Boston's prospects. This is Saturday. And after that, the adults, who are already in the fold, by the way, to my knowledge, pretty much everybody (laughs) who's supposed to be in the main training camp is already up in Cranberry. Lucky for them, they've got two rinks and they can keep everybody busy at a healthy time of day. And they usually prefer uh, the the veterans and so forth to get out of the way early in the morning so that they can, you know, have the rest of the day to themselves. But it's here. And I know how much that excites you because I grew up as that. When you are a hockey fan, you are not just a fan of the Penguins. That doesn't mean you cheer for other teams. doesn't even mean you cheer for other players. It just means that you are a fan of the entire sport. If there's another sport in our country, on our continent, that has this highly specific trait to the fans of that sport, I'm not aware of it. I'm not aware of it. Maybe people who follow the NBA are like that. I have no idea, and I'm never going to know. But I do know that when you're into hockey, you appreciate things that happen all across the league, actually at all levels of the game. There isn't another sport where they're following what happens internationally or even at the minor league levels. Or at the local levels, the midgets, the traveling teams, the high schools. When you're into this beautiful game, the world's fastest game, you're in. You are hooked. You might, you might venture into other sports whenever there's nothing else going on. You can go to a ball game at PNC Park and ignore the Pirates payroll and everything else and just sit back and have a good time in that beautiful ballpark. You can sit back and enjoy football on Sundays. You can be uh, someone who's a fantasy football god or goddess. You can just be uh, totally into that one day a week. But when it comes to hockey, it's a different vibe for you and has always been for me. And I'd love today to share with you why I think that is, I'm not really sure. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals. 
for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Is it something in the hockey culture? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's because when we get around other people and start talking about the sport, it never stays with just your team, does it? You know what I'm talking about here. You want to end up showing that other person that you know more hockey than they do. And there's that phrase, no hockey. When I started out covering the Penguins for the Post-Gazette, it was back in 1997. And yeah, I'm kind of dating myself with this one. And the first thing that I heard from everybody, every time they didn't like a certain thing that I wrote was, you don't know hockey. You don't know hockey. It's the lowest, most brazen insult you can deliver to another person who is either, you know, a fan of hockey or, or as I was in this case, uh, a professional attempting to cover it, right? And you take it so badly. And all you want to do after that is start breaking down the analytics of Anaheim's fourth line, like right in their face, off the top of your head. I can tell you a little something about, um, oh, he's not on the fourth line, but I'll throw him out there anyway. Jakob Silverberg. Now, Jakob Silverberg is a guy, he's wasted on the ducks. If you had him somewhere else, you could move him to this team or that team for a second round pick or a third round pick. And you can get into all kinds of crazy mega detail, but you're doing it just to make a point to the person across from you that you dot, 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 know hockey. You know hockey. You are a person who is knowledgeable and deeply rooted in hockey. Well, once that happens and the other person comes back with similar knowledge about, say, oh, I don't know. Let me come up with one. How about like a fun dialogue? Like who has the quickest, most dynamic release of any shooter in the league? Well, someone who doesn't really know hockey will just reflexively say Alexander Ovechkin. But when you start getting into guys like Brock Besser in Vancouver, uh, you know, the guy you don't normally see because he's way out in the West Coast and everything else, and they don't show many Canucks games on TV. But if you know that, if you've seen Besser release a hockey puck, it's breathtaking. It's breathtaking. It's like, it's not quite Ilya Kovalchuk-esque, but it's it's up there. That's that's when you, the other guy just goes, oh, oh, man. Oh, here we are. We, we're hockey comrades. Now we can have a real live conversation. And then you're like friends. You know, because the other person proved that they know hockey. This is my personal and semi-long-winded way of saying that this is a great day. This is a great day, to paraphrase Badger Bob. Because you're going to see, for whatever else you might think or expect from the coming season, you're going to see another year, yet another year, of Sidney Crosby Evgeny Malkin, and I'm not leaving him out anymore, Chris Letang, in Pittsburgh sweaters, the longest any three teammates have ever played together in the history of the National Hockey League. You'll be seeing special talents the way we've been spoiled rotten with them for close to four decades. And that and those guys have only contributed further to Pittsburgh being a hockey town, like a real live hockey town, like Canada South. And that's been amazing 
for me to watch over the course of a lifetime spent in this city, born and raised. Uh, don't know that I ever saw it becoming that, even with Mario Lemieux's presence to get it going. But it really has. It really has. And it's just, yeah, it's a great day. J1Q after this. Frank, who asks, regarding Sully, will he play younger guys for more than a couple games before banishing them to the press box or Wilkesbury? Frank, I love this question on this particular day because what's going to happen, I can promise you this, over the course of the next five days, and particularly with the prospect game that will be played Saturday in Buffalo, a name or two is going to rise up. And the people who are covering these games professionally, including Taylor Haas and Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Sports, are going to share with you observations and information that'll get you at least a little bit excited. They'll get you at least a little bit hopeful that there could be some surprise, one surprise, because heaven knows it's been a long time since one of those. When you give away first-round picks as if they're candy, which Jim Rutherford did for several years, this is what's going to happen to your system. You're going to run out of players who have the skill level to surprise, no matter how much they might have the want to and other intangibles. So here it comes. Sam Poulin scores a couple of goals. And everyone's going to go, hey, maybe this is it. Had a full year in the AHL. This could be the one. Valtteri Pustinen, my guy. Steps up a little, shows something a little bit more, maybe just a smidge more speed than he's shown in the past. That's the kind of thing that's going to get everybody talking and buzzing. But then you know what? Next breath. Oh, what's the difference? Sally's not going to play them. What's the difference? He 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 hates kids. He's just going to get rid of them as soon as he can. Pustinen had that one game he came up for in the NHL and really, really showed well. Didn't matter. Poof, gone the very next day. And I'm going to reiterate that I happen to agree with that point of view. I agree that the head coach hasn't given enough of a chance, enough of a look to some players and hasn't allowed them to blossom. I hope that changes. I hope that changes now, in the camp setting, not just in the regular season, I hope they don't have all of their forward lines and all of their defense pairings. Not that a young defenseman is going to crack this lineup with nine NHL guys already signed. I hope that there's at least something open where they look at, let's say, for example, the third and the fourth lines. And they say, okay, well, we've got Jeff Carter, we've got Kasperi Kapanen, one of Danton Heinen or Jason Zucker is going to drop. We've got Teddy Bluger. But from there, let's leave it wide open. Why should Brock McGinn be handed a job? Why should that happen? I understand he's under contract, and I understand there's a salary cap in place, and maybe someone else won't want to pick up McGinn's contract. Doesn't mean he's got to play. 
doesn't mean he's got to play. You can carry extra forwards on your roster. You can play the guys who give you the best chance to win. So if you've got two open spots, and I, I don't even think that there are that, let's let's see who really rises up and then reward them with a real chance. Now, the other part of that equation is let's see the performance make it impossible to send someone down. And the guy that I see fitting that bill, someone who could just take this situation by storm and not allow management to send him back is Drew O'Connor. Not that I think he's some kind of superstar or anything else, but I think he's such a solid fit for what the Penguins are missing up front. Big, strong, fast. He's a human forecheck. He engulfs people when he gets deep into the other zone. And as he showed in the last preseason, he's got some hands. He can finish. And it doesn't look odd from him, even if it happens from further out, which is unusual for a bigger guy. But if he does, again, don't look back at the roster and say, yeah, but McGinn, or yeah, but dot, dot, dot. If he's one of the 12 best forwards, put him on the bleeping roster. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll have another one tomorrow.